drive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Golf Picks with the Plotniks. I am Dino the Pig, joined by my brother, as always, the kid who has to grow a mullet. Jared, you finally hit a winner at a major. How's it feel? Yeah, I may have to grow one. Um, feels great. Feels like a long time coming. Uh, should have been on Fitz. Uh, should have been Mito if he didn't want to choke. So that was due. Came through. Uh, now let's just let's keep the momentum going. I mean, I got I, we said at the beginning of this podcast, my goal personally, the way I do it is I'm I'll probably be a little profitable if I hit five winners in a year over 40 events. By the way, I construct things. That's my fifth winner. Let's try to get one or two more before the end of the season and uh, be really profitable. Yeah, I mean, on top of just the outrights with the matchups that you've been handing out over the course of the season, certainly going to be a profitable season unless things go completely awry. But I think we only got five more tournaments left. So I think you might just, well, six more, including oh, this let week. Let me clarify too, Brandon, since I've been talking up when I want five uh, winners for a calendar year and I started keeping track of that at literally the beginning of the year. So the golf season ends in a few weeks, but when it comes to um, my process, I'm really just playing with house money from now until the end of December. Yeah, absolutely. You love to see it. Unfortunately, I can't necessarily say the same. Only I would take Cam Smith at the Scottish Open. My entire handicap predicated on the fact that I think he's going to be a perfect link style player. The Open comes around after he finishes top 10 at the Scottish Open. And I even say on the show last week, I should be taking Cam Smith. I, I've, I think Cam Smith has a really good chance to win, but I just thought that there was too much value in Cantlay at the same price. And lo and behold, I just suck at this. I don't know what else to say. I'm happy that I could give out some insight to everybody out there, but I just, I need to stop thinking so much and just fucking take the guys I think are going to win. I'm overthinking a little bit and you know, that's part of the name of the game. So I'm going to try to simplify things moving forward and moving forward. Let's get right into the three M open heading up to the Midwest. We're going out to Minnesota at TPC Twin Cities. We're going to be playing in Blaine, Minnesota. It's a par 71 track, plays long, 7,400 yards on bent grass greens. Originally designed by Arnold Palmer, redesigned in 2018. But we've only seen three iterations of the 3M Open, especially at this course, TPC Twin Cities. You're reigning champion. And right on cue, Jared, you said that you want to keep the momentum going. Well, you hit this outright last year at above 100 to 1 odds. Cam Champ minus 1, or sorry, he, he won at minus 15. Michael Thompson in 2020 minus 19. Matt Wolf minus 21. So obviously, you know exactly based off of what we've seen in the past and the fact that you've hit a winner here, how this course should play. I want to tell everybody exactly what you think you should do to construct your card, especially how you think this course is going to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it was a great hit last year. And look, I, anytime I want to just beat myself up for getting second place finishes with bad variants and little dumb things happening to lose, you also have to remember moments like last year where I take a cam champ who is a notorious, really bad putter. And he, what does he do? He comes out and is the number one putter in the field of the week and comes out with the victory. So look, it's going to go both ways. I know you're beating yourself up right now. Just got to, it's a long season. You stick to the process. You keep grinding. 
And if you're doing the right things, it all evens out in the end, like Cam Smith last week, gaining 12 strokes, putting like the best putter in the world he is. So yeah. now I mean, going- I did, I hit a winner a few weeks ago. I can't be too mad at myself. Just been a tough year. I've had, I've made some bad decisions on outrights. And then I've also come, I've had a bunch of runner ups and top five finishes I just wish I lived in Canada so I can get some each ways. But one thing I wanted to point out about that camp champion before you dive a little bit deeper is he's I just, I was looking at him this week. Like, what do I thought, think about him? Obviously I think he's like 45 to one and there's no value there compared to a hundred to one, or I think it was like 125 or something, 150, depending where you looked last year, he came in to last year's tournament. He missed four cuts in a row. And then he had a top 10 finish at the John Deere and then won this tournament. And I was looking at it because this year he's coming in to this tournament, missing five cuts in a row. And I was like, do I want to take him in a matchup? Do I want to have any exposure to him? Cause his numbers stand out, but uh, just worth the worth bringing up because recent form may not be the biggest indicator this week. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and I mean, yeah, just jumping into what I look for at this course, which worked last year, <clears throat> really looking for people that are going to, uh, be dominant off the tee when it I mean, you have uh, this track, you're going to have a lot of birdies, but a lot of blow up holes, right? So if you, you can, you can get a lot of trouble off the tee. So not necessarily even just like distance, of course, distance is always going to help off the tee, but more important than anything is just being accurate, being hitting out of fairways. And from there, you're just going to have to find the guy with a hot putter. I mean, it's one of those weeks where of course iron play is going to help, but I, it's not, a, it's not, uh, I'm not putting as much emphasis on it as I do in a lot of tournaments considering how important it is um all three of the four i think par threes are over 200 yards so i think and the three par fives are reachable with longer irons so i'm really looking at long irons this week whereas contrasting from last week where i said long irons were going to be non-existent and they were you weren't hitting maybe in the par fives and that was literally it every other hole was well, let's pretty much drive it to the front of the green. So uh, this week around the green game, I mean, Cam Champ won last year, losing strokes around the green. So, so I mean, I'm not looking at anything around the green. You're just going to have to be hitting greens and get a hot putter rolling and uh, just stay out of the hazards off the tee. So that's really the gist of what I'm looking for this week. I think another thing to think about when building a card this week, specifically because the field is so weak, and obviously we'll talk about the field soon, is over the last three years, the average odds to win the tournament of the winner has been 150 to one. Matt Wolf won it three years ago at 175. Thompson won it at 125 to one. And Camp Champ won it at 150 to one. So, yeah, this might be one of those long shot weeks, but it's going to be tricky because I I don't recall those fields being much better. But I mean, this field is <laughs> it's really piss poor, especially you got all the defectors to live, so none of those guys can play. And then right off of a major week, especially the Open, where guys are in Scotland, I don't think they're really pressing to get back to the States to play in a tournament like this. And 3M isn't necessarily sponsoring many guys, sponsoring many guys. So yeah, just a tough field and you're going to have to really dig deep. Let me jump right into my course notes and then we'll get straight into our outrights. Obviously, you know, for everybody out there this week for golf betting week kind of sucks. I mean, I, we're, we're always going to bet each week because, you know, always try to find value where you can. And, I mean, I just find betting on golf to be one of the most fun things you could do. And sometimes when it's not a major week or a big tournament, big field week, you could find a little bit more value when you dig deeper into the numbers and you're a little bit more educated on the players available. So just throwing it out there. All right. Course notes. Wide fairways. going to be really wide fairways. 
But the but if you miss the fairways waywards, there are a ton of hazards that come to play. There's 15 holes that water can come into play on. Yet you don't really see that many guys hit into the water. But if you do hit it into the water, you can make really big numbers. It's just the fact that the fairways are so wide, so it's kind of hard to miss fairways. This definitely is a course where fairways hit is higher than the PGA Tour average course. And because of the wide fairways, length off the tee, definitely a huge advantage. The rough isn't that penile. The average distance, driving distance here is eight yards longer than the PGA Tour average. But at the same time, we've seen guys who aren't that long off the tee contend here. I mean, you go look at the top five of last year's event. I think you got guys like Brian Stewart up there. I think there's a few other names. That's just the one I think of off the top of my head because he's so short off the tee. And I think that really brings us to iron play. So you mentioned long irons, 44% of approach shots this week will come from 175 yards or further. Long irons are going to be really important. And on top of that, you mentioned it as well. The par threes, all four of them play 175 yards or more. Three of them are 200 plus yards. And the due to the five, the par fours that play 450 yards or further, that's another reason why you're going to see some longer irons. On top of that, you got three par fives and they're all reachable. They all have a 40% or higher birdie or better percentage. So guys are going to be going for it from pretty far out. You know, you're going to see guys hitting, you know, 225 to 275 yard wood shots in certain scenarios. So just guys that are, you know, really, I like guys that attack par fives in general, just over the course of whether it's the last 50 rounds or the course of their career definitely get to factor that in you you as you touched on a lot of you know the notes that i talked about but short game certainly going to be almost useless to factor in the scrambling percentage is negated by a whopping 73 percent gir rate here and <laughs> i know you mentioned cam champ losing strokes last year around the green in fact of the top 10 finishers last year none of them finished top 15 in the field in strokes gained around the green so short game pretty much useless this week in terms of factoring it into my model or guys that I want to hone in on as I start looking through the board. The greens though are a completely different situation. We're not going to factor out short game because that factors in around the green and putting because putting is going to be really important. These greens are known as some of the smoothest on tour. They don't really have much undulation on them. They're going to be running at around a 12 stimp. So they should be perfect for PGA Tour level golfers. I think that this could turn into a putting fest due to the insanely high GIR percentage. So we're going to want to find guys that are that are really good putters and especially guys that are really good putters on bank grass greens. My ideal golfer this week, long off the tee, but not, I mean, I'm also factoring in what on fantasynational.com they describe as good drives, which means that even if you don't hit the fairway, that you hit the green on your approach shot, so that kind of is a, it's a good way to look at distance as well as whether or not the tee shot was that bad, right? It's still a good drive. If you're going to be able to hit a GIR, um, I, of course, I want the long guys that are good with their long irons, guys that dominate par fives and guys that can get red hot with the putter. So pretty simple way to look at it. Let's go into the weather this week, because the reason that scores have been low, but not overly low is that. One of the defenses of the course can be weather out there. So jumping right into Thursday in the morning, we're looking at six to eight mile per hour winds. And then once the late wave starts, we're looking at 13 to 14 mile per hour winds with gusts up to 18 miles per hour. 
all that to say, first round leaders, yeah, we're going to be looking at the morning wave this week. So right up your alley, Jay. Yeah, right up your alley, Jay. We should be looking at early morning first round leaders this week. And when it comes to DFS and potentially matchups, depending on what type of matchups your book offers, late wave Thursday morning looks brutal. And then on Friday, the morning wave doesn't look great either. You got seven to it starts off at 7 a.m., which is when guys will be around teeing off or so seven mile per hour. And then at 10 a.m., kicking up to 15 mile per hour with gusts up to 28 miles an hour. And then the afternoon is about 13 to 20 miles per hour with gusts up to 24 miles per hour. I don't know which way that leans, but I will say that Friday afternoon, it gets <laughs> the morning is 79 degrees. When you get to the afternoon, it's going to end up being 99 degrees. It's going to kick up really hot. So I think that that's going to benefit the late wave. So AM, PM guys probably going to benefit the most over the weekend. Uh, not much wind on Saturday or Sunday as of now, but we'll check back in on that. Uh, everybody out there, obviously, you know, as the weekend arrives, make sure you check on that. If you're looking at round by round matchups, that being said, Let's jump straight into the board. Let's go to the top of the board this week for the 3M Open. And it starts with your outright favorite, Tony Finau at 14 to 1. Sung J.M. at 15. I've been seeing him getting steamed depending where you look. Hideki. And then guys like Davis Riley, Sahitikala at that 10 to 20 range. This is a weird week. I talked about long shots being important. I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling anyone here. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I look at it and make some cases here and there, but in a field like this, personally for me, it's each their own, but um, in a field where there's a lot of variance involved, right, like one bad tee shot or two bad tee shots a day that uh, just find their way into water can cost you five shots at a course where other people are having a lot of birdies and can eventually make you miss the cut. So weeks like that that are after a major, especially a major that's overseas, I'm personally not going to have any guy uh, near the top that just flew back from Scotland on my card. I'm just not. I mean, for multiple different reasons, uh, these guys are competing for major, especially on the top end. Um, it's just not for me. I could, other than, I mean, I could make some cases. It's like Sung JM losing over 10 strokes putting last week, worst putting uh, around of his career by far. You make cases, okay, different kind of putting surface, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I rather like, I, I kind of, I'm just agreeing with you. I mean, I took a long look at Davis Riley. I liked him just because kind of what I just said to you, uh, he, he didn't get into the open. So he didn't go over to Scotland or to well, Scotland, I guess for both the tournaments though, back to back weeks. So he's been hanging out in this area, but at such a short number when he's had three weeks off now, um, I don't know if, if I'm going to get there. Me personally, I've only filled out like 70% of my card right now and uh, no one until the 40 to one range. So that's kind of where I'm standing at things as of now. So my thought process here, and I agree with you, but I, so the way I'm thinking about it here, right, is on a week like last week, a major week, or, you know, even the Scottish Open where the field is really strong, finding value on a guy like, I don't know, John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler in that 18 to 22 range, a JT, when you can get a number like that, it's so important to, to snipe because at 18 or 22 to one, you know, those guys are so much better than when you get down to that 50 to one range, then you're like, there's such a big drop off. And my point here is 
when you look at guys like Sahid Tigala, Cam Davis, you know, at this 20 to 22 range, are they really that much better than some of these guys from the 50 to 100 range? I don't really think so. I just don't see the value. The difference is you're right. And to your point, and my main point is the only in tournaments like this, the only reason you have guys like Tigala and Cam Davis that are 20 to one over guys that are pretty much the same as a golfer them at 41 is because those are the guys that are trending up recently and that have been close to competing and winning. And that are the hot names. Right. That's right. A, That's the only reason. So I'm, I mean, I'm with you, but I'm just, that's literally the only reason. No. Nah, and I get that. I just, that for all those reasons is why I, I just can't take these numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Davis Riley was the one that I was eyeing the most. I think that he's been trending, but he's also, he hasn't played in a few weeks. He didn't play this. He didn't go overseas. He didn't play the Scottish. He didn't play the open, which I don't even know how he didn't qualify for the open or I don't, I don't know anything. I haven't read as to why he didn't play in the Scottish either. I don't know. I thought that was kind of odd, but I mean, these, most of these guys, a lot of the motivation they have is FedEx cup points at this point. So you're going to see a lot of guys playing this week. All right. Let's jump to from 20 to 30. We got guys I mentioned, Cam Davis, Mav McNeely, Adam Hadwin, Tringalis, Adam Spenson, who has been getting steamed. I'm sure some people out there were able to snipe some 50s and 60s. And, yeah, that's kind of it for that range. And then after that, things really get bunched up. But I do have a play in this range. And I'm going to start with a guy that I've talked about tirelessly over the last few months. I mean, I've only taken him out right a few times, but I have loved getting exposure to him. And it's another one of those positions where uh, I just, <laughs> after last week, maybe I'm going to be doing this too often, but I just have too much FOMO. And I'm I, if I miss out on him on a week that he's in a weaker field and I think that he's trending, I can't, I'll be, I won't be able to sleep at night. So give me Maverick McNeely at 25 to one odds. Coming in with back-to-back, he, he was... Trending for a while, then had a few terrible weeks. And then finally, these last two weeks in similar fields, back-to-back top 20 finishes. He had a top 10 at the John Deere. So love the way that he's trending. I mean, let's talk about a little bit of his course fit here. He's. I, I want to preface before I talk about all the guys that I've bet on so far or maybe guys that I'm even interested in by talking about where they rank their rankings in certain strokes gain metrics, because, you know, I could give you, you know, their stats on the season, but that's going to be compared to every player on the PGA tour. I'm obviously this field is condensed. So instead what I want to do is focus on how they rank compared to the field. And what the way I like to do that in my model was over the last 50 rounds, because it's, it's a nice sample size. It's a, you know, it's a good enough rounds in tournaments to give you a sample size as to how their game fits the, the types of stroke scheme metrics that we're looking for. That being said, Maverick McNeely in the last 50 rounds, he ranks top 10 in my model. He, this guy can absolutely score. And that's the reason that I'm so excited for him, especially if things really start to trend into a birdie fest, he ranks fourth in birdie or better percentage gained. He ranks eighth in opportunities gained, so he's just giving himself chances to score within 15 feet, fifth in par five scoring, and 10th putting. So almost every single thing that I need. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to look at a lot, of course, is guys that, you know, off the tee. He's 31st in driving distance in the field. So the guy, you know, he, he has a chance to bomb it. He's not, you know, he's in the top half of the field and, you know, drive, good drives. I mean, all of these metrics are, to me, are standing out. I think that the recent form checks the box for that too. 
The putter's hot. It's all about the iron play for him. He's very up and down with it, but I mean, based off of everything that I see that we need to factor in along with my FOMO, I got to take Maverick McNeely here at 25 to one. Yep, yeah. Playing better recently man crush for you. I understand it. I like it. Yeah. It was him um, or Davis Riley and I'm able to snipe a 25 on McNeely and Davis Riley's 20. Nah, I can use that five cents or $5, I should say to, uh, to, to work my way down this board because it does get a little interesting, but, and like, like I mentioned, it gets interesting specifically right now, this 30 to 50 range is just, I mean, there's like 15 golfers. I'm not even going to go through them all. You mentioned you had someone in this range. Firstly, who stood out to you that you thought about betting perhaps. And then secondly, what did you end up pulling the trigger on? Yeah. I mean, look, I can all make a case for all these guys. Like Cam Davis playing great. Um, whole nine yards. So maybe call me a little biased from, uh, my, my strategy last year at this course paying off. And that was just taking a eight long shots per se is, is kind of what I did. Um, and it worked out. I had a couple guys up. I think I had Cam Davis last year also at like a hundred to one. Now he's at 22 to one. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not getting to anyone all the way up here. So instead I, I decided to start my card at 40 to one. And honestly, you'll be hard pressed to find him there. Now I, I got him right away on Monday and, there's been a lot of love on Twitter for him, which kind of scares me, but kind of worked with Cam Smith last week. So maybe again, we'll go back. Uh, we're going with Adam Spenson, Adam Spenson, the Canadian. And um, again, at 40 to one, I'm seeing like now at some books, like you, you see him as low as 28. I would not be taking him at 28. Just saying I'm a numbers guy. That's just how I play. Kind of like I just said, uh, I would rather hit a Maverick McNeely at 25 over a Spenson at 28, but at 40 to one, I'm in and just, uh, his he's just playing really, 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 really good golf. I mean, his last four starts, all top 25s. His putter has just come alive, which is what you want to see from, from Adam Svensson, a guy who's notoriously struggled with his putter. And um, <clears throat> guy played here one time, came in 15th, and this was like three years ago, and he was not even close to as good of a player as he is now. And he lost over five strokes putting coming in 15th. So um, uh, guys gained seven tournaments in a row with his flat stick making the cut in all of them. And at the Barbasol, he gained seven and a half strokes on approach, which is, I mean, I'd have to scroll and scroll and scroll. I don't think you're ever going to see uh, that may be his best approach around of his career. And as I just did a quick scroll, scroll, it is the best approach around of his career. I like to see those irons coming uh, into form because he's always been good off the tee. He's not the longest off the tee, but he's accurate off the tee, which is kind of what I mentioned I look for. And the one thing he's really struggled with over uh, this last recent hot stretch of his is Losing around the green, five of his last six, as we've already talked about, nothing we really are caring about this week with Adam Svensson. So gaining seven in a row with the flat stick, with uh, the off the best approach round of his, his career, and constantly accurate off the tee. Uh, it's pretty much nothing I don't like about Adam Svensson this week. Yeah, you mentioned the flat stick. I will say that of all the putting surfaces, Bank grass is the one that he puts the best on. So that's certainly something to like this week. He he's ranked sixth in the field in approach play and fifth in birdie or betters gained. So a lot to like, not the longest off the tee, not the greatest long irons, but the recent form is there. The irons in general are there. I mean, I know that we were talking about long irons a lot. It doesn't mean that you, you know, every single, not every single shot is going to be a long iron. So you're still going to have chances to score. So, uh, nothing I don't like about him. I'll have exposure to him in other ways. 
didn't like him as an outright play personally at the number that uh, you may have, I think you sniped that before I did. I didn't even really like the 40. I probably would have liked it a little more like the 50 range, but I mean, once we get to this 40 range, yeah, he kind of is just like the rest of the guys here. One guy I want to talk about in this range is Brendan Steele. He it ranks so well to me in, in my model. Second driving, second ball striking, 12th in opportunities, 23rd on approach. I mean, everything except for putting. That's pretty much it. But he's long off the tee. He's going to find fairways. I'll have exposure to Brendan Steele. I mean, obviously, we've, we haven't seen him close a tournament in quite some time through, through his career. He's getting a little older, too. But, yeah, the numbers rank out really well for Brendan Steele. So I'll have exposure to him, 33 to 1. I don't know. Just not my thing. Tom came at 33 to 1 is hilarious. <laughs> I cannot believe that number. But, I mean, the guy's on fire. I just – that's crazy to me. All right. Let's get to this 40 to 50 range. Nick Hardy. Chris Goddard up. That's your boy, Wyndham Clark. Jason Day, Ches Reeve coming off a win last week at Barracuda. Ches Reeve, or sorry, just said that, Brendan Todd. Um, and even Ricky Fowler, a camp champ down here. Um, I don't have anybody here. The only ones I would say stood out to me was Nick Hardy. Guy's in unbelievable form, a bunch of top 25s over the last four rounds or four tournaments that he's played, not missing any cuts. He's doing everything with the irons and even the putters coming around. He's really long off the tee. Yeah. I mean, nothing. I don't like, there's something I don't like about Nick Hardy. I just, I'll have more, again, more exposure to him. I couldn't pull the trigger at that number, but anyone else that you liked here? Oh yeah. I'm staying at the 40 to one range and I did pull the trigger on Nick Hardy for some of the things you mentioned guys playing the best golf he has on the PGA tour recently. Guy is really good off the tee. I mean, for a guy that has um, probably half, just as many missed cuts, cuts as not over his last, uh, I mean, this whole season on the PGA Tour, every single start he's gained off the tee. And in his last hot recent run over his last four starts, gained four and a, four and a half uh, U.S. Open data don't have in front of me, but he had to gain at least four off the tee with the, the numbers he had because he gained two and a half at the Travelers, 3.7 at the John Deere, just hitting the ball but really good off the tee and going back to what makes him comfortable. And that's putting on bent grass greens, all his wins on the corn ferry last year on bent grass greens, grew up in Illinois, 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 where all they have <laughs> is bent grass greens. So guy is on his easily um, number one preferred putting surface. So for uh, when I'm looking for gaining off the tee uh, and getting a hot putter, uh, Nick Hardy checked all the boxes for me. Yeah. I just wanted to point out just cause I thought it was funny, but he lost off the tee 0.13 strokes really? at the U S open he gained eight and a half total. So I was like, I would just have to guess um, that he would have gained, but I mean, that's negligible. Well, wait, eight and a half total. I don't know. Data golf is way different than what we get on fantasy national for whatever reason. But this one says he only gained two strokes total. 2.35 putting. I don't know. Well, he definitely gained more than that because he came in 14th at the U.S. Open. So Yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm finding it weird. But I don't know. I don't really use data golf very often. I know a lot of people do. So, yeah, I like Fantasy National. It's a little bit, I think, better looking, better software and interface. Okay. Yeah, I, I mentioned I like him as well. So nothing I don't like there. You couldn't pull the trigger on Goddard up? 
I mean, if I'm going to just go in with the really chalky Adams fence and I don't know if I can get back to Goddard up at this chalk with this number. I mean, it's just, it's a lot to ask for him. And, and the one problem I had with him when I was riding him as a pony, when I bet on him a couple of times, a few weeks ago is his putter, man. He just misses too many five footers. I think if you're going to do that here, there's no way you can pull off the win. So with the way he's been putting, I mean, maybe that's just short-term variance and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Goddard comes in and uh, wins as a chalky pick for a lot of the industry, but I don't think I'm going to get there this week. Well, let's keep it going then. In that case, I am going to go with my next pick at 75 to one. And I'm going to go with Dylan Fratelli here. Guy has been a sneaky, pretty good year, honestly, just on the PGA tour. He's only missed one cut since February, which was the, he missed at the Phoenix and he missed in a few weeks back at the travelers, but no, not, Nothing, not too many great wins. He's got a, a solid amount of top 25s, which is solid. Just he only has one top 10 at the Valero. I just think that this is phenomenal number and what could turn into a birdie fest for Dylan Fratelli here. He's, we know that he gained a lot of distance on his driver over the last year or so. His, he ranks 30th in approach. He, he can get scorching hot with his putter. I mean, really get, gets going. He's not, I, I mean, it's hard to tell, but he's not great on bent grass, but that's okay. He's coming off of the last weighted event was the John Deere where he gained 5.2 strokes putting, made the cut at the Scottish and the Open. It's 28th finish at the Open. I really like to see that. I know you mentioned not loving guys traveling from overseas, but I will say at the top of the board, it makes sense. Guys that only care about majors, certainly going to have a lot to play for with FedEx Cup coming up. And then I'm sure he's probably another guy that will defect to live after FedEx Cup is over. So probably trying to get the money while he can and then head out of there, get some FedEx Cup points. But yeah, I mean, nothing overly exciting about his numbers. He ranks out decently. I just think 75 to one, he's a name. He's, he's a guy who's won on the PGA Tour before, has shown that he could fight in contention. So yeah, I like Fratelli here. Yeah, I'm also on Dylan Fratelli or some like to call Dylon. Uh for again, a lot of the re- a lot of things you, you mentioned. Um, I'll take four Dylan Fratellis that played at at the open at the Scottish, the way he played and coming back and playing this week over one 16 to one guy is essentially what my point is. I'm not I'm not touching the top of the board with guys that played the Scottish and have to come over, but a guy like him where the FedEx Cup points matter a lot and he's he wants to keep playing well. Love to see him gaining on approach the last couple of weeks. Um, like you mentioned, the putter was, was hot the last time he was in the States at the John Deere and he's played this tournament. Well, he's played all three years has gained up on approach all three years, which I love to see, uh, last year, he probably hit the ball in the water a couple of times cause he lost four and a half off the tee. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. But other than that, as an 18th finish, 46 finish, uh, he's played this track as, as much as anyone else has played it, which you can't say that for a lot of the guys that are playing at this venue. And uh, I just think he has, he has some win equity. I mean, we've seen him win before. He's been playing well. He's competed at majors. Well, I mean, why not? At 75 to 1, I think there's a lot worse options in this field. Yeah, I'm going to stick with another guy in that range. 85 to 1. I mean, there's not much else I really like here. I did think that Tom Hoagie at 70 to 1 was interesting. I like Troy Merritt, too, because he can get scorching out with the putter those but his his iron play just really sketchy so 85 to one who else would i go with in this range come on anthony smotherman shocker fomo bet 
I'm, I mean, may as well, right? Fuck it. At, a, at the goddamn 3M Open, may as well take some of my favorite FOMO guys. Who gives a shit? I'm not going to overextend, you know, how many guys I take this week. So let's find value. And you know what's crazy? He ranks third in my model in the field, right behind Finau and Matsuyama. Guy is secretly playing some fire golf. The finishes don't really show how well he is, he's playing right now, but I, I think that... He keeps playing these shitty fields. It's going to end up finally turning into a really nice finish for him. Look at this number. He's fifth in ball striking, 14th in birdies or better, 12th in proximity from 200 plus, so long irons, fourth in opportunities, 14th on approach, 15th driving distance. The guy can't play, which, God, how many? I mean, and that's cool because you already talked about Camp Champ, who – has it wasn't a great putter going into the last year's 3M and then gains, you know, whatever, 10, 10 strokes putting leads the field. All it takes is one week. So, hey, maybe that's this week. At least he's been playing a lot, especially in these alternate events. Barbasol, he just came off of John Deere, Travelers, RBC. I mean, he's playing a lot of golf, but I don't know. I noticed that Fantasy National didn't put up any Barracuda just because obviously they can't considering – they did Stableford scoring, but he had a pretty decent finish there last week. He was somewhat in contention going into Sunday. Hey, let's keep the momentum going, Anthony. That's my boy. Small yeah, I guess we're keeping our momentum going because I'm actually on Antonio Smotherman as well. <laughs> Antonio. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yes, Antonio. Now, uh, I mean, yeah, like a lot of the things that I see here, amazing off the tee, which I love to see. Um, and the approach numbers have been fire. Like you said, he played well last week, even though we don't have the numbers to back that up. My one big worry with him so far, even when he was going on his hot runs, is really bad around the green. It's one thing you mentioned. I think he's he's only gained in five of, uh, it looks like, 20 events that he's played this year on the PGA Tour. So, again, uh, we, I'm uh, mitigating the effect. Well, of, well that's of a that. good thing for us since that's my around point. the green play isn't that important. So, I like that. Yeah, so that's yeah. The I mean, thing. geez, some of these numbers are absurd. Loses three strokes, RBC, three strokes, five strokes, three strokes, four strokes. What the hell? Yeah. This guy's the yeah. worst chipper on tour. <laughs> uh, Victor Hovland would like to have something to say about that, but um, yeah, I mean, so that's mitigated like that. And look, even though his putter has been bad, he some of his best finishes gaining two strokes, whatnot. I think you just have one of those variants putter weeks and keep that ball striking numbers going. At 85 to one, um, again, I think I could do a lot worse. So I am in on Smotherman as well. I have to just look this up really quickly. I wanted to see where he ranked in short game in comparison to the entire PGA Tour. So for everybody out there, Victor Hovland is dead last in strokes gained around the green, which is 205th place. And for context, Smotherman is 194th. Yeah, I figured as much. So, yeah. Wow, he's 11th. (laughs) 11th worst around the green on the PGA Tour. Let's go. I mean, just the names around him just cracked me up. Like Kyle Stanley, Abraham Answer, Hudson Swafford. Well, too bad those two guys are on live. So technically, he's almost te- really worse than that. So that's funny. But, okay, let's go to the long shots. Uh, I just could not fall in love. I mean, I'm right there. I still got one short of 100. You mentioned him just before. Well, these are basically long shots anyways, but yeah. uh, But I found a 90 to one on Tom Hoagie going back to my boy that I hit on at Pebble earlier this year. And look, there's a reason he's 90 to one. Five, six missed cuts in a row. 
been playing <laughs> some really, really, really bad golf. But we know Tom Hoagie can flip it just uh, at the turn of a dime. I mean, the guy lost two and a half on approach at RBC Heritage and then comes out and, and gains two and 7.8 at the Byron Nelson and PGA, finishing top 10 of the PGA ever since the PGA, straight downhill. But, I mean, it's Tom Hoagie. He is so much better than <laughs> a double handful of the guys in front of him on this odds list. This is just a blindly playing the number. If I wouldn't be playing a 70 probably, but like 90 to 100 that I've seen earlier in the week. With a guy like him, it takes one little correction on his approach game. And this guy we know is one of the best with the irons in his hands when he's on and can really run a hot putter like he did at Pebble, gaining over five strokes, leading to a win. Give me Tom Hoagie, 90 to 1. He ranks fourth in my model. Second opportunities gained, third on approach. Your model Ninth. must, uh, must it's have taken the last two months off. Well, it's the last 50 rounds, which is a big sample size, but that just says what type of player he is. Yeah, but it also says keep in mind when you miss seven cuts in a row, that's only 14 rounds. So, yeah, right, the 36 before that, he was playing some great golf. So that makes sense why he's so high in your model. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean – I still would rather the bigger sample size than the recent form for a tournament like this. I don't always think that depends on the week, but this week I think it makes a little more sense. Okay. Long shots. I could not find very many that I loved. It, it was tricky for me. I, the one that I liked the most was nasty Nate Lashley. We were very high on him not too long ago, a month or two ago uh, around that RBC Canadian when he was in contention but, oh no was it thank you for that that was lily or maybe it was the travelers i don't know but having a pretty he's having a good year honestly in yeah, general he was hot. yeah we bet um i think it was around i think we took him the travel I, I think it was the mexico open we had him and he came in 11th place had a really bad sunday so the thing i like about hoagie similar or sorry hoagie the thing i like about lashley similar to smotherman honestly and looking at the numbers this guy just sucks around the greens but the rest of his game is fire He's very solid off the tee. He's long off the tee. He's 10th in good drives in my model. I mean, well, I wouldn't call him long off the tee. He's just, he's not short, but the guy gives him chances to score great with the opportunities. He's a very good. I mean, he's been a good putter Two, four, five out of his last six events, gaining putting his tee to green numbers. Decent. I mean, he's very hit or miss. He has one on the PGA tour, which is nice. I don't know. I mean, he intrigued me. I haven't pulled the trigger. I'm thinking about it, though. I like him at 110 to 1. I think 125 would be a little bit nicer, but I certainly liked him. I don't know. Anyone at this early 100 range? I have one guy that I bet on, but unless you maybe pulled the trigger on someone or liked anybody. Yeah, I haven't exactly pulled the trigger yet, but I'm very close to it. I think I am because, as I said earlier, I'm only like 75% exposed so far, so still debating how I want to fill out the rest of that card. I may just uh, do a homer, take some weight on Cameron Champ to uh, drift a little bit to like 60, take him, and then a couple more guys down here. But one guy I am eyeing is Adam Shank at 110 to 1. Uh, guy loves bent grass greens. Uh, irons have been pretty good recently, just ran into a few tournaments where he's been awful with the putter. But, uh, I mean, I think he, he, he tends to pop more than really any other guys that my, I see in this kind of range. He's played here all three years. They've had it, made the last two cuts, nothing special finish-wise. But, I mean, he's been playing solid golf overall. Uh, top 10 at the Wells Fargo a few months back. Memorial, U.S. Open, he finished 24th. Uh, I, I mean, I think for 
uh, event like this, once you get in the triple digits that uh, I think there are a lot worse golfers than Adam Shank. And he, he is a guy that can, that has gotten really hot with a putter at times. So I got, uh, I got nothing on Shank. Nothing stands out to me. Nick Taylor intrigued me a bit, not necessarily a numbers play. I think it's more of a value play. One guy that I like the most, and this is more of a numbers play, but I like Hayden Buckley and I pulled the trigger on him at 125 to one. So Hayden Buckley, a guy that's coming from the corn Ferry tour last year, got his card this year. Ranks out really well. He's a great ball striker, really good with his long irons. He's very solid off the tee. Another guy that just can't putt for the life of him. Coming off of losing eight strokes putting at the Barbasol. I don't, whatever. I always find when you lose that many strokes putting, it's an anomaly. All I need is one good week out of you. We saw at the beginning of this PGA Tour season, he had two top tens at the Sanderson Farms and the Shriners back-to-back weeks gaining five strokes putting and two strokes putting. I mean, he's a, such a good ball striker that as long as the short game just doesn't absolutely destroy him because he's not good around the greens or putting, if it just doesn't absolutely destroy him, the ball striking is going to be there and it's going to catapult him. I, you just got to hope it's the right week. If, I mean, in a birdie fest where short game, I think is nullified and the greens are supposed to be very pristine and not too tricky. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a nice flyer in Hayden Buckley. I mean, he hasn't been, hasn't had the worst or the best. He's got a few top 25s in the last few months, but he had a really hot start to the season. So, yeah, I don't know. Give me Hayden Buckley. Came 14th at the U.S. Open, which was pretty impressive, and 30th at John Deere, two tournaments back. Off the tee, man, the guy is just unreal. Two, four, six, eight straight events gaining off the tee. Yeah, I hated Buckley. Add it to the card. Yeah, hated Buckley, Brandon. Hated Buckley. Add it to the card, man. Just do yeah. it. I like Buckley as well. Ball striking numbers are great. Just gonna have to run into a hot putter. Um, another guy I like in the range, and you're—I don't even know if you've even ever heard of him because I kind of didn't. But once I dug into the numbers a little bit, at 110 to one, Michael Glidjik. Yeah, I've heard of him. I used to don't play him. I used to play him in DraftKings because. His approach and ball striking numbers always were insane, yeah, and everything else was terrible. They are they are right now. Is made the cut in six in a row. Twenty first at the Barbasol, tenth at the John Deere, forty at the Travelers. All off of hot putters. So he's got the putter rolling right now in the bent grass swing of things, which I would like to see for a long shot I'm taking. And like you said, I mean, he gained four and a half off the tee at the John Deere, two and a half on approach. His ball striking is there. It's around the green is probably right around middle of the pack. Again, we don't care about that, but I just love to see the high putting um, numbers out of him his last three times out there. And as you mentioned, he's notoriously a good ball striker for someone that's a shitty golfer. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> so we're come talking or you just thought long bombs. I just want a portfolio of guys that are flashing with the numbers and we get a we just have to catch lightning in the bottle. So I'm just rattling off some guys whose numbers I like. Bramlett, 175 to one, first in the oh, field and driving distance. Shitty Butler. That's like that's a guy for you. Yeah. So this guy, I think he's maybe gained strokes putting one time all in his PGA Tour career. But first, first in strokes gain uh, or driving distance. So he just he he's makes, a ball, he he's an absolute ball. Look like Cam Smith. <laughs> Butter. That's how bad of a putter he is. I know. It's really bad. He just always pops when I run models. Because oh, but Brandon, like, so I good off the tee. think about Cam Champ last year. So, like, again. Like, yeah, similar. I mean, I don't – he's probably more of a top 20 play at best. 
but well, who knows uh, who else we got down here. I'd Harry Higgs, Harry Higgs at 175. That guy's going to pop one, one week. And I don't know. He did pop. I saw him on the leaderboard last week, but he must have faded away into darkness. It's just a nice um, number. 175. One guy. Oh man. Looking at his numbers. I want to, he's lost with his irons and nine in a row. And oh, no, Harry Higgs and off the team. Uh, I don't Ever his numbers he, never pan out, but somehow I always randomly see him flashing in leaderboards. Grief. I guess ever since he showed off his tits to the world, he's been self-conscious or something. <laughs> taking a call his, his golf game. Uh, but one guy I did bet at 175 to one, another random ass name, but it's a numbers play. And Seifert. That, that is Justin Lower. Yeah, I've Justin heard about him. Lower. Why, Brandon? It's a common theme here. His last two starts. Eighth at the Barbersole, 51st at the John Deere gains six and a half and 5.9 with the flagstick. I want a guy with a hot flagstick. Flag. He's gaining with the flagstick. Yeah, that's what happens. He takes the flagstick. He puts it in the damn hole, baby. That's what he does. Um, honestly, this is probably burning money, but he's been striking the ball solid for a guy that's a no-namer that I've, I've heard of, but uh, normally doesn't do anything. Uh, I just like the way he's been trending with the putter. Guy sucks around the green. So kind of makes me feel a little better when it does. I'm not really looking to that this week. If he gets some, uh, some of that solid ball striking with the continued hot flag stick, then uh, <laughs> he could be there come Sunday. All right. Anyone else? Uh, I'm good. Now, that was literally the last guy on my list. All right. Well, before we get to our matchups, first round leaders and some props, it's my new, it's my new segment. I'm going with the alternate events. And I'm going with the second time ever talking about the DP World Tour. Wow. Yeah, going, going overseas to the Euro Tour. I have only done it once on the show, and I gave out a 30-1 to winner with Adrian Moronk at the Irish Open. And this week, we are heading to the Kazoo Classic, also known as the English Open. So this is just a tournament in England. I Obviously, I'm not going to give a course breakdown and everything like that. I'm just going to throw out two guys that I really like. Give me wacky Sammy Valamaki at 33 to one odds. 24 year old from Finland. Guys riding some hot form. Was just playing at all these European events recently. Had a top 25 finish at the Scottish Open in a really good field. So that was impressive. A top 30 finish at the Irish Open and a top five finish at the BMW International. So the guy's coming in really hot. He's a young kid. I could see him breaking through, getting a win at the Kazoo Classic. And a little bit of a long shot, I'm sure. I mean, maybe some people have heard of Valamaki because he's played on some tour events, but no one's heard of this guy. But I was grinding just, I don't know, maybe I'm too bored in between uh, jobs right now, but grinding on some Euro stuff. And this guy, Ewan Ferguson, at 60 to 1 odds, 26-year-old from Scotland. I mean, he's coming in a decent form with some solid finishes on the DP World Tour. But on the season, right his numbers just stand out. He ranks 19th on the DP world tour and driving accuracy and third on the DP world tour and GIR percentage from everything I read about the course. It's extremely narrow fairways, but it's a par 72 under 70 hundred or 7,000 yards. So it's really short. So I read that it's really narrow fairways. So you just need guys that are good with accuracy. He checks that box. And then obviously, you know, anytime you're on the DP world tour, they typically turn into birdie fest. So give me a guy that could hit greens in regulation. And I don't know. I saw some other touts talking about him. So you and Ferguson, 60 to one kazoo classic. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Just some yeah. fun bets. I like to, I'm not, I'm putting, you know, 
I'd call micro units on things like this, kind of just something fun to monitor. <clears throat> and that's it. All right, let's get into. And some... I just, I hope. I mean, before you move on, I just want to say I hope that uh, sometime in my life that a girl loves me as much as you love Valamaki, even though you'd have no idea who he is if he walked by you. No clue, not even a little bit. <laughs> I feel like you take him every time you take something in the earth. Or... Well, it used to be Thomas Dietrich that was my love, but now he plays a lot on the PGA. Eh, not really. He has, still hasn't even gotten full status on PGA, but I don't know. He's been kind of cold lately. But I and I also who's that Irish kid I used to love? Can't remember his name, but well, that shows how much I really loved him. All right, seventy-two hole matchups. I got a piggy three pack. And I'm going to start with, I wanted exposure to him, but I couldn't do it at 20 to one. Give me Davis Riley over Adam Hadwin at minus 105. Davis Riley just checks out the numbers. I'll check out as being a better value here, getting him in as an underdog. Hadwin, extremely highly priced because he's coming in with a top 10 playing at this event last year. I don't know. I'm, I'm not all sold on Adam Hadwin being a consistent golfer. I think Riley is the up and comer who, is going to break through soon. Give me Adam Svensson. Couldn't get to the number either, but wanted exposure. I'm getting him at a pick him at minus 110 over Wyndham Clark. And Wyndham Clark is so sporadic. Svensson, keep that putter rolling, buddy. I like you as a pick him here. And I told you I dove deep into his numbers. He's missed five cuts in a row, but he had missed four out of his five cuts before last year's 3M Open. Give me Cam Champ. As an underdog at plus 100 over Man Tits Bo Hostler. Jared, can you tell me what Bo Hostler's approach numbers look like recently? Well, I mean, considering I was the one that tipped you off to this when we were speaking earlier today and you sniped one of my matchups. So, yeah, I can't. <laughs> He's lost two, four, six, eight of his last nine tournaments on approach. And some of them are like ridiculous. Three, six, six, eleven strokes on approach. I mean, he's averaging over his last 10 tournaments, losing 3.4 strokes on approach. Yeah. Uh, the putter is always good, and I don't think that's enough. So yeah, I'm not doing that. I'll think I'll take Camp Champ at a place that he loves. Yeah, that's always a worry for me. Um when it comes to his putter, uh, I mean, in a matchup against the guy we have, but guess what? Even with him gaining 7.8, uh, three starts ago at the Memorial. He only came in 30 seconds. So there's no upside. I mean, that's like the top of the top of putting performance you're going to get from um, Sugar Tip, Bo Hostler. So I'm sorry, Man Tit. I'm, I'm confusing my titty guys. My bad. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I got a, oh, it's a six pack, a six pack of matchups this week. Just named that one. A lot of plus money ones, these kind of tournaments. I love taking the guys that I like this week at plus money. Uh, it tends to work out well for me. Let's hope it does again. So we started there with Champ at plus 100. We're going back to my boy, Michael Glidjik, plus 110 over Patton Kazire, who's lost with his irons his last time out, not playing the best Patton, and I tend to like Patton on Bermuda Greens. So give me the – I'll happily take the plus money there. We're going Tyler Duncan over your boy, Smoking Sigs. I don't even know his first name because he's been so <laughs> Grayson, Grayson Sig. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of gray. Uh, whatever. I was, that was a oh, bad God. Oh, yeah. God, just stop. Look, I'm not, I'm not here for my jokes, Brandon. I'm here for my picks. I give winners. I ship people chicken dinners. So uh, Tyler <laughs> Duncan, I like him on these kind of tracks and these kind of fields. Solid golfer. Uh, uh, and Grayson Sig is going to be on the Corn Ferry Tour next year. So next we're going Davis Riley 
Sorry, Brandon. This is just a straight number play. I love Davis Riley this week, and I'm getting a plus 120 against Maverick McNeely. Okay. I mean, Davis Riley's been one of the better golfers on the PGA Tour the last handful of months. I'm getting plus 120. I'll take it. Going to my boy Hardy, plus 110 over Martin Laird. Martin Laird off a heartbreaking loss at the Barbasol last week. Uh, and a guy I like to fade that I, uh, at places where you got to have a hot putter because he tends to have the opposite. And uh, last but not least, I'm going with our boy Dylan Fratelli, plus 115 over one of my top three dislike players on tour, Emiliano Grillo. That's my <laughs> I hate that guy, man. Yeah, I despise him. All right, first round leaders. I mentioned based off what I see on the weather, AM wave looks like it's got the advantage. Statistically, AM wave has the advantage for first round leaders. I got another three pack for you. I want to continue my exposure with him. And maybe he'll go wire to wire for my brother, but give me Adam Svensson at 50 to one guy ranks 47th and first round scoring average on the season on the PGA tour, which in this field is first, which just goes to show <laughs> how uh, shitty of a field, I guess you would say it is Matthias Schwab guy's been on fucking fire. Love this guy from the European tour 50th, 50th in first round scoring average and my long shot. Oh, sorry, I didn't say what uh, Matthias Schwab was. He was 75 to 1. And then Dylan, woo! 110 to 1. Wow. 42nd in the field in first round scoring average. Complete long shot. But these guys are all in the early wave. And I'm going to try and trust my brother on the fact that that is the right play. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know what? I'll just start by saying this. I'm doing a flag plant for the first time in forever. And I am flag planting. Adam Stenson is a first round leader after this tournament goes. He's Brandon, not only in the morning wave, he is the first one off. So yeah, nice, that. yeah so nice right before temperature gets bad. He can go out there, play nice and loose. I really like Adam Stenson 50 to one. Um, other than that, I'm just eyeing kind of like, you, I, you want a fun fact? Yeah. Guess who's in his, guess who's in his group? Matias Schwab. Oh, look at that. So your boy right up there like that. You sure as hell know I'm going with first-round leader connoisseur Tom Hoagie at 70-1. to Guy going out in the morning. He loves to be first. I think he, like, leads the tour in first-round leaders uh, over the last couple of years. Um, These shitty events for sure. (laughs) Dylan Fratelli, I'll definitely take him, as we know. I want guys first-round leader that can get hot with their putters. And that strike the ball well. So give me him. And, um, you, you know, should I fade you and go with Dylan? For, I mean, Dylan Fertelli. Should Bo Hostler? Nah, nah, I can't do that. Um, maybe even a Dougie Gim at a long number. I don't know. But those three I have for sure. And um, I think that's about it for me, Brandon. All right. Let's finish it up with some props this week. Had a really good prop week last week. Kind of saved my card. But I said I loved Bryson to make the cut at minus 140. And I said, give me Bryson top 20 plus 450. And the guy came out and finished top 10. I did take Tiger to make the cut. He did obviously not do such a thing, but I made that back with a lean that I had. And that was to take no hole in one at minus 200 and success there as well. I think honestly, I'm like pretty sure because I watched the whole tournament and I didn't see any, but that's not really easy to look up. So whatever. But anyways, that's in the past. Let's get to the now and the future. 
I said that I liked your boy, Nick Hardy. Couldn't take him outright, but I love him as a top 20 play this week. Plus 225. I think that's a pretty good number. You get a little over two to one odds on him just to finish top 20. No, Bomber averages it. 310 off the tee. He's gained off the tee nine straight. We talked about him. Great score in a potential birdie fest. I like that one. And I talked I talked up Nate Lashley on potentially taking him outright, but top 20, you could get him at plus 390, almost four to one odds on him just to finish in the top 20. Has nine top 25 finishes on the season. Yeah, I talked about his numbers earlier. I think that that's a nice value play as well. So I got two top 20 plays. I like it. Yeah. Only thing I mentioned last week was uh, I liked a Cam Young top 20. So that would have been a, a winner. But I tell everyone I don't really bet those. If I did this week, I'd be going with guys like Glidgic and uh, and Lower, who are going to probably be like five to one uh, for those top 20s. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Golf Picks of the Plotniks 3M Open. Good luck, everybody. Mother.